What's up, everybody? My name is David E.J. Berger. You can find me at Carl Jr. on Twitter. And welcome to Training Camp Dialed In. I'll be featuring phone calls with NFL writers and reporters from the actual sidelines of camp, getting their first-hand accounts of the action from a fantasy perspective. This is the place to be all month long, so you need to subscribe to the Fantasy Authority feed, the exclusive home of the super short-run, super niche, and super essential podcast for the month of August. And we are back. We are back. You know, I don't talk about uh, my real job, my day job as a television producer too much on this podcast but sometimes i do comedy recently worked on a project streaming on amazon prime right now called fat tuesdays just about the launch of some of your favorite comedians in the late 90s from a tuesday night at the comedy store might want to check that out i do deal in comedy even though you might find these intros something you have to sit through more than making you laugh although some people are laughing out there i know that i i know it i know it i know it some people are laughing out there Okay, I have some self-confidence-ish. But in comedy, they call it the rule of three. And guess what? We're going to apply that to this podcast because we are three in a row here, folks. Episode three of this podcast, uh, we have not let up, okay? We're dropping episodes hard, often. I'm trying to be there for you guys, okay? There's a lot going on this month. I want to get the details that you need for your drafts out there. And I think I did again today. I dialed up Gilbert Manzano. If you're a routine listener of this podcast, uh, you know he was our Chargers guy. Now he's switched to the Super Bowl winning Los Angeles Rams. As a Rams fan, this is a very exciting conversation for me. He's the Rams beat reporter for the OC Register and the LA Daily News. You can follow him at gmonzano24 on Twitter. This is exciting. The Rams have had a lot of practices at this point. They were one of the first teams to start. And Gilbert is going to fill you in on what you have missed if you've not been following and maybe confirm some biases out there talking to you uh alan robinson drafters on underdog right now you're just you're hitting that draft button and i think you're gonna be happy with what you hear what are we waiting for let's bring him on ladies and gentlemen gilbert manzano hey how's it going david it's going great man how are you not too bad just uh staying busy with this uh rams training camp I mean, uh, yeah, the Rams, uh, they were one of the, the first teams to start. So, uh, you know, there's a, a lot to, to get into here. Uh, well, thank you once again for joining me. This is our third yeah. time chatting. Uh, first time uh, with the Rams. Uh, previously, you covered uh, the Chargers. Uh, now you're walking, uh, you know, a different beat, a, a Super Bowl winning one at that. First off, a non-fantasy question. Uh, what, what's the feel or atmosphere of this training camp like off the Super Bowl win for the Rams? Um, I, I assume that adds a, you know, a, a different element. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a lot of excitement. You know, they have the, the Super Bowl trophy out there, Lombardi trophy. People are taking pictures with it. They train at UC Irvine and, and it's a pretty big place for, to, to pack in fans. And it's pretty, pretty busy, busy every day. They get to see players like Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, and Allen Robinson being a new player, uh, Matthew Stafford, obviously. So a lot of star power, uh, a winning team. Uh, a notable coach in Sean McVay. So I've been to a couple Rams training camps before, but it's my first full one. And I'm starting to kind of see like the buzz for the, for the fans and then how they operate, the kind of that winning culture, how everybody's happy. They're all, you know, just ecstatic to be Super Bowl champions, but also kind of 
that I think that the slogan is writing that next chapter. They, they want to be motivated for a second one. And I think that uh, there, there hasn't been a team to repeat since 2004, the Patriots. Uh, so they, they, they're pretty motivated, but also there's a, there's a lot of laid back California sunshine going on in UC Irvine. Well, uh, if they want to repeat as champs, uh, they'll need their defense with Aaron Donald uh, to bring it once again. But their offense, uh, this offense wasn't too shabby last year either. This team was eighth in total points scored, ninth in total yards, and fourth in yards per play. Pretty good. And it was mostly through the air with the explosive connection of Stafford to Cooper Cup, uh, who kind of came out of nowhere to to be a fantasy god, leading the way. They were uh, 10th in pass attempts, but 23rd in rush attempts. Uh, so it leaned to the pass game. And I don't think that's where McVay wants to be in terms of balance uh, based on years past and, you know, kind of knowing a little bit more about this team. Uh, but from what you've seen or heard in camp, uh, you know, what should we expect from this offense in 2022? Are they looking to unleash that air attack still uh, or, or bring in the, you know, the, the ground game a little more if it can be more effective? Yeah, you know, it's a little bit of both. And I, I think that the main focus right now is how how do you make it work with Allen Robinson? And, and yeah, it sounds easy because he's a great player. Allen Robinson did so well with the Jaguars and the Chicago Bears. And and Robinson, you know, put up numbers in Chicago despite, you know, poor quarterback play. And 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 the, and the thing with Allen Robinson, because, you know, we are talking fantasy football, you know, you have him in your lineup and, and you just feel like, come on, do more, do a little more. It's like it's like 10 points. You know, 12 points, it's nice, and but it just doesn't feel like an impact. And when you look at the end of the year, oh, Allen Robinson, top 10, all these receiving categories, okay, that, that's nice, but it, it, just, it didn't feel like it. But with the Rams, they want to get that sense where it feels like, okay, Allen Robinson is a guy. He is not underrated. He is in, in, in a similar tier as Cooper Cup. Obviously, it's not easy to get to the Cooper Cup range, and and, and you, you and you see it in, in training camp, like Cooper Cup, you know, is comfortable. He knows the offense. He's the leader. He's going first in the receiving line. So now it's getting Allen Robinson to kind of get to that level. And, and it's funny because, you know, a year ago, you know, Cooper Cup was going through that with Matthew Stafford, trying to get that chemistry. And, and it's funny that 20, it's only been a year, but it feels like these guys have been together for a long time with the chemistry. So they're taking that blueprint, that Stafford Cup blueprint, and trying to apply it to Allen Robinson and, and making it work and, and having a great year. Like, like Cup and Stafford did a year ago. So they're trying to figure that out. And it felt like the first week, you know, Stafford was just taking chances and just kind of maybe forcing it, getting a feel for the touch and where what's the radius for Allen Robinson. And there was a couple of interceptions. You know, it, it led to moments for rookie uh, Darian Kendrick, who was a six-round pick from Georgia, to have his moments because they were really experimenting and it made the rookie look good, the cornerback. But then, you know, as you got into week two, you really felt the presence of Allen Robinson, and, and he and he just like, okay, that that's why they got him. So that's kind of the, the main goal. But and obviously, the second part of the question was being a little more balanced with the running attack, and and that's taking some time because with running backs, and especially two that are coming back from injuries. Uh, Cam Akers and, and Daryl Henderson. You don't want to, you know, rush them too much. So, so the carries and padded practice have been very limited. You haven't seen this big run or explosive, you know, bang bang play because they're not really hitting either, and, and they're coming off injuries. So they're trying to get a feel for it, and it's been tough. I could tell. Uh, but Sean McVay views Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers as their starters, and he wants to give them more work. But it's just a tough balance right now. But that is one of the one of the goals is to 
be a little more efficient uh, with the Russian attack. I love it, uh, Gilbert. Alan Robinson, you know, from what I see on the timeline, he seems to be, you know, the buzz of camp so far for for the offense. Uh, And it kind of makes sense. You know, he's, you know, this is a pretty well-established team. Stafford, obviously, just here the one year, but, you know, a longtime pro, uh, you know, working Robinson into the fold uh, of a machine that was working pretty well last year. Makes sense that they're focusing on that. You know, he, he was a bit of a dud last year in, in Chicago and uh, that stink is carrying over and lingering uh, in drafters priors. Uh, talk to us about A-Rob though. You know, where, how are they using him? Is he, is he moving all over the field? What can we expect from, from Robinson in this offense? Yeah. You know, they want to make him the, the X receiver, the big body receiver out, you know, Cooper cup is kind of the guy who does everything, moves around the slot outside, whatever you want. And, and obviously Robinson could do the same thing, but they, they have guys to play on the inside uh, cup and, and Van Jefferson. Uh, we'll get to Van Jefferson in a bit. Uh, so they want, they want Robinson to be that big man, that, that red zone target, uh, jump ball, large catch radius. And they kind of been missing that over the years. You know, Robert Woods was also pretty savvy, kind of crafted inside guy, gave you a little bit of everything. You know, same thing with Odell Beckham. But you know, I know Robinson is not like the largest guy. He's not a DK Metcalf, but he has, he has size and he, he's pretty big, you know, bulky. So they want to make him that red zone target. And I think that's why some mistakes have occurred because, you know, when you're in that you know that 20 yard line, you know, there's limited space and you got to figure out how to put the ball in, in these tight places. And, and then let's a couple of interceptions. But there was there was that day where like Robinson just went off and, you know, Stafford had, you know, went through his second, third read and he just said, you know, screw it. I see the guy Robinson is a big man, tight window, jump ball only where he could get it, came down with it, toes in bounce. And that's what you want to see from those two guys. So it's kind of a feel in chemistry and, and, and that's what you want to do in, in July and August. So. Maybe that's that's music to people's ears for for fantasy. Like he's a red zone target. You want those touchdowns. So in terms of that, they're trying to make him the touchdown guy. So uh, and make him the the big receiver. So uh, he will definitely be heavily involved. And, and hopefully for Adam Robinson, he can make up for those uh those those kind of shaky years in years past. I mean that is music to our ears, and we want the touchdowns in our lineups, Gilbert, uh, as many as we can get. And uh, quite frankly, we got a lot last year from Cooper Cup. As I mentioned, he Kind of came out of nowhere and went absolutely nuclear last year. The numbers are so gaudy. Uh, they need to be repeated, Gilbert. He had 191 targets, 145 catches, almost 2,000 yards, and uh, hit pay dirt 16 times. Wowza, so amazing. Uh, <laughs> obviously, an outlier year like that won't be repeated, but how has Cup looked? And uh, should we expect you know business as usual with the Stafford and Cup? I mean, this connection seems pretty strong. It, it seems like the floor is still very high. Yeah, you know, when you're trying to get a little, little more balance and you're bringing in a notable player like Adam Robinson, you would think the cup numbers will go down just a slightly little, little, little more. But, you know, he's still the guy out there when you watch him play. Like, I wrote a story not too long ago in the OC Register where, where yeah, I was trying to compare, like, they have to move fast, Stafford and Robinson, get on the same page. And with cup, you're seeing it every single day, that chemistry has with Stafford. It, and it, it becomes almost routine. And it's, and it's not boring. It's just like, Oh, another big play. Another, oh, well, that's pretty spectacular. Impressive play. Cup is always making his presence felt. Like, there's some guys that you're always looking for, like, okay, can you do something today? Can you can you stand out? And that's never an issue with Cooper Cup. He's making big plays every single day in practice and not just in the team drills. And when he's doing the, the, the footwork, the routes, and it just looks so effortless and, and, and flawless. So, uh, yeah, this guy's, this guy's a player. He got paid like that, you know, top three wide receivers. So, 
I wouldn't be too concerned. I know Cooper Cup and, and a lot of drafts is going first round, you know, especially as PPR. So, you know, take the pick and don't be concerned. He's going to do his thing, especially because Stafford always goes to him. And that chemistry is only going to get better in year two. I am a little concerned about Stafford. And they keep saying that he's feeling some uh, some elbow pain, some arm pain. He had the, uh, the injection in the offseason and he didn't throw. And then he had a great first week but then now he's kind of feeling like the the lingering of, 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 of the soreness so hopefully he's okay but if Stafford's out there Cooper Cup and Adam Robbins are gonna be okay well let's uh, move on to Stafford uh real quick before we hit on the other receivers uh you know he was uh, his first year in LA was a smashing success both on the field and for fake football the Rams uh, were top five in passing yards and second in passing touchdowns with an eye-popping 41 uh I'm sure, you know, we've talked about it being business as usual for Stafford, but now, you know, this is uh, the arm soreness, you know, managing Stafford's health, I think is a, a big deal for the Rams and a priority. Could we see that pass volume come down a bit? Uh, we mentioned, you know, wanting to get the run game going, but, you know, not just for the balance, but just to keep Stafford healthy and on the field. Yeah, I could definitely see that uh, early on because I, I think Sean McVay and the Rams style, okay, you know, he had the all the entire offseason program to recover from that injection. He's good. And they went pretty heavy the first week. It's, it was heavy workload. He didn't, did not look limited. And I and that's why I say, oh, it looks like the same old Stafford. But then, you know, that second when he started feeling kind of the, 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 the pains and the aches and, and maybe they might be a little more cautious now that they did that. Like, oh, let's just kind of slow down. So, Maybe the first week, I mean, the first month of the season, they could kind of, you know, limit the the the, the throws. Uh, that that game against Buffalo is coming up quick. I'm excited for that game, by the way. It's a big juggernaut matchup, but it's coming. It's, it's four or five weeks away, so they're going to be very cautious. cautious. I'm gonna, it's going to be very telling to see how they use them in the next month. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was very limited. But, yeah, they got to keep them uh, fresh and healthy because they are – aiming for another lengthy, you know, 21 game season and, and for them, hopefully a repeat. So uh, I'm not too concerned yet, but he is 34 years old, uh, but he is very experienced. So it wouldn't be a surprise if they try to just kind of limit the the throws and maybe lean on, on the running game. Maybe that could benefit everybody come December. Uh, I will also uh, be at that Bills uh, Rams game uh, as of now. Yeah. Looking forward to that one. It's going to be uh Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's uh, quickly circle back to the wide receivers before we move on to the running backs, uh, who I'm anxious to talk about. Van Jefferson was obviously trending as that third wide receiver until he got hit with the injury bug. Can you update us on that? And what should we expect from this wide receiver court? David, uh, you should be concerned. Uh, he just, I think he just had surgery uh, yesterday. So I think he had a, he had a knee tweak according to Sean McVay over the weekend and and they were concerned that he could be a uh, he could be out for the whole year. And and Sean McVay was pretty testy when reporters said, "Hey, well, what's he up there? What's going on? With, with, why is Van Jefferson out of practice?" And he's like, "We're figuring it out. Don't ask me." So he was pretty concerned. And then a couple of days later, he was pretty relieved that it, like he called it a minor surgery, which I don't I don't know how surgery is minor, but uh, he had a procedure on his knee, and they're guessing a few weeks, but you never know. So now they're very thin and. And Van Jefferson was for sure the, the third guy. He was always out there in this personnel 11, uh, Robinson Cup and Van. So he, he was going to be heavily involved. Now it's like, okay, what do you do for if he's out the first month of the season or, or a couple of games? And, and Sean McVay couldn't, you know, guarantee that he'll be out there for the week one thing. So it, it's up in the air. The last couple of practices, we've seen Ben Skoranek be the number three wide receiver. He's a second year guy. You know, you know he has size to him, but, it, you know, he hasn't been consistent. He's going to take us some time if he wants to be a player. 
And then Tutu Atwell, he was a second round pick last year and he went through some injuries and, and he never found the rhythm. And, and so far this year or this summer, he hasn't really stood out. And when the Van Jefferson injury happened, the Rams made a, an effort to give him the ball, give him plays that, that suit his skill set. And he stood out for one day. So we'll see if they could build off of that. But it is a big opportunity for Ben Ben, ben Skoranek and Tutu Atwell. And, and it's just bad time because, yeah, they want to get Odell Beckham Jr. back. And, and, and Sean McVay's been flirting with Odell. And I think it's been picking up more because Van's injury. So he's been a little more obvious about it. But he he's not ready. While Van's out, OBJ is rehabbing too. So it doesn't really benefit them now. So they need Ben Skoranek or Tutu Atwell to do something if it lingers into the season. Ooh, a fan's going to be out long. I mean, you need to be drafting Allen Robinson. Yeah. Oh, my God. That guy's going to see us a lot of targets okay well let's talk about the running backs next uh you know it, it, this is where drafters need some help because you know cam Akers has his believers but a lot of detractors people like his rb1 upside but he wasn't uh you know he's a bit uneven in his still amazingly quick return though from the achilles injury last year you know and the rams do have gerald henderson who who's pretty good so you're out there at camp you've, you've talked about it a little bit so far it seems like both of these guys are getting a lot of looks um is there going to be a, a clear RB1 here? Or? I also know that the Rams are very covert in what they're actually going to do. So we we, we might not know. But um, what, what's the buzz about the running backs uh, in L.A.? Yeah, like I mentioned, Sean McVay keeps saying that he, he feels like he has two starters and Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers. Uh, the reporters don't buy it. I'm not really buying it. I know I'm new here, but you could tell the Cam Akers is, is the, the, the number one guy. And, and not because of what I've seen this summer. Is because of the potential he had going into last summer. The, there was so much hype around Cam Akers, and then he got hurt with the Achilles, and it was just, you know very deflating. But he came back, and it was a great story. But it took him a while to find this rhythm. You know, he didn't really contribute much down the stretch, and you know he had a great start against the Cardinals in the wild card game. And then he kind of couldn't couldn't really figure it out. Maybe he had that similar Stafford setback where you feel the, the lingering pains of coming back so fast. But right now they're they're just trying to you know limit the carries like you, you don't you don't want to rush cam Akers because you know the potential so he hasn't been out there a lot in terms of uh of getting carries when it comes to padded practices but don't don't be alarmed this guy's gonna be the guy come week one you know i, I think they're just being cautious and, and i think sean McVay is just struggling with the balance because he he knows running backs need to get some work in that they can't be rusting going into uh week one but he's coming off a major injury and he wants to be safe so that's why I'm seeing a whole lot of Daryl Daryl Henderson right now, and his injury wasn't as big. He's dealt with injuries throughout his career, and, and maybe it's to be an opportunity for him to show something to maybe legit be a, a, a backfield committee. But right now, it's Cam Akers' job, and so far Henderson hasn't stood out to to make it a real competition because he's had a good amount of carries, and then just like okay, he has one run here, one run there, but it's not like oh, this guy's really you know he's doing something uh, to change uh, the the mindset. So it's definitely Cam Akers, but. You know, it's going to be interesting with with Daryl Henderson. If, if Kyron Williams comes back, the rookie, they drafted the rookie for a reason because they didn't think there was enough depth, you know, behind Cam Akers and Cam Akers was dealing with the injury. So that's going to be interesting. But right now, Daryl Henderson is the guy because Cam is coming through his uh, recovery phase and, and Kyron is out with injury. So we'll see. But it could be a, a backfield committee, but I, I, I still think it's Cam Akers. Does Akers look uh, a little more fluid this summer in his movement? Uh, you know, uh, not that he looked all that rusty on the field last year. And uh, I also want to point out, you know, he almost fumbled away the, the Tampa Bay game and the Rams went right back to him 
yeah. next week. Uh, so a lot of faith in him. So I, you know, I, I lean acres as well, but uh, yeah. What, what, what's his movement like? It looks so good to me. I, I know again, that he's not really getting the, the full workload. Like uh, until you get out there, you, you really don't know. But when, when he's, you know, maybe in space, he's making the cuts. He, he still has a, some bursts and it's just, you don't really see it uh, because he's not getting the full contact right now, but uh, he looks in shape to me after going through what, you know, six months of recovery, a little more recovery time. Uh, you would think he'd be better off, but we probably won't really know until week one, unless McVay is like, okay, for this final week of training camp, let it rip, uh, Cam Akers, or when they have uh, the, the the scrimmages against the Bengals, okay, Cam Akers, is your time because you're not playing the preseason, but in the scrimmages, let me see what you got. So it's a little too early to tell, but when he's out there, you know, in space and and, and doing individual drills, uh, he, he looks like he's in shape, and he, yeah, he's still, you know, athletic, and, and at times he's lowering the shoulder and, and doing what he does best and, and hitting people. This is why we're here, Gilbert. Thank you so much. Great insights. Uh, we're getting some some uh, on-the-field talk. Uh, all right. Well, you mentioned Kyron Williams. Uh, Dynasty Twitter was all about this guy uh, until the Combine. Then they famously fell out of love with him there. But uh, he did land on uh, the Rams, and that's definitely an, an offense that uh, drew some interest uh, in him once again. Can you tell us about his potential role? Yeah, you know, he had the foot injury, and he hasn't been out there for training camp, and he was in a boot for, for a couple of weeks. He's out of the boot, and I think Sean McVay is saying that he could probably be ready for those scrimmages in Cincinnati. Uh, and that's going to be a big week to see the running backs, you know, Kyron Williams and, and Cam Akers and Dora Henderson, if if Kyron is back. I think maybe he was being optimistic there, Sean McVay. So. But they're still aiming for week one to be available. It's going to be tough for a rookie to just, you know, jump in after a foot injury like that. Uh, but I think he's still on track. I haven't seen the guy on the field yet, so I don't I can't really say too much about him. But I know there's potential uh, for him coming out of Notre Dame. Uh, but he's behind right now. And when you're playing behind Daryl Darren Henderson and Cam Akers, that might take you a whole season to kind of get up to their level. So they, they there is potential. They drafted him for a reason. They, they 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 like his skill set, but right now he's behind because of the injury. So we'll see how it goes, you know, come, come September. Let's uh, round of the finish here in the in the tight end room, Gilbert. Uh, Tyler Higby is the starter, and there were uh, high expectations last year. And while he didn't quite smash the way people wanted, he is you know on the field a lot. Um, so you know, and that's that's what we want. We want guys on the field. Uh, and uh, he was a pinky toe away from adding another TD as well. Not that I'm bitter uh, about missing out on that CD that cost me a week, but that's okay. It's okay, Gilbert. Uh, we're going to move on from that. Higby uh, did get hurt uh, end of last year, and Kendall Blanton was a DFS slate breaker in his place. There's also been some positive Bryson Hopkins reports, I believe. Uh, can you help us uh, with the tight ends here? T- Tyler Higby is healthy, and he's back in his starting role, and he ha- and he he's has a connection with Matthew Stafford. I- I've seen him make plays out there. It's Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, and before Van got hurt, you know Van was out there, and Higby that was a big four, uh, and he was making plays. But yeah, not now after what you saw with these two young tight ends, you're like, okay, how do you get them incorporated? And they haven't really done that too much, or at least not with Stafford. They've been heavy heavily involved in the second team. And, and yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm still new and trying to figure out the roster, but you know, the scouting report was that Bryson Hopkins was more of the pass catching tight end, and Kendall Blanton was more of the inline blocking tight end. But Kendall's showing he could do both, you know, both two ways. So they're talented, they're big guys. You know, I seen them with the backup of uh, John Wolford and and, and the second team, and they're making plays. So I would not be surprised if they're up there with Higby and making plays. But for right now, it is Higby's, Higby's job and. Again, I'm learning the I'm learning how the, the Rams operate. I don't know how much two tight ends they play uh, because they love going three wide receivers and getting the running backs involved. But Higby looks back to form and he has the chemistry with Stafford. 
but don't count out the potential of the other two guys because they have the skill skill set and they have shown flashes to me in the last couple of weeks. And it sounds like, uh, you know, if they're thin at wide receiver, you know, they might want to figure out a way to get, you know, some of their best athletes involved. Uh, absolutely love it. Uh, Gilbert, a masterclass. Once again, we're going to get you out of here. All right. But we have one last question uh, and it's a bit of a toughie. What's your boldest fantasy take for the Rams in 2022? That's a tough one, especially because the injuries are just throwing everything off. But I guess, are you putting me in the spot, David? Because I'm really thinking because I could go tight end here. And <laughs> and then I wanted to go Kyron Williams, but then the injury. I wanted to go Van Jefferson and then the injury. So it's a little safe, but it's a little, I don't know. It, it, it could be big for people. So I'm going to go Allen Robinson. He's going to have a big year. I, I don't know. It's going to be, it's not going to be the Cooper Cup level. But if you draft this guy and, and say you get some value in him in the fourth round, you're going to be ecstatic because the way he is looking with Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup kind of being the one-two right now because there's no third receiver, he's going to get fed. And I know you wanted a bolder take, but I just haven't seen enough from Tutu Atwell or Ben Skoranek to, to go that route. Uh, and I haven't seen enough from the running backs just yet. So I'm going to play a little cautious here, and I'm going to say Alan Robinson is going to make up for – for the pain that he might have caused to some of his, some of his fantasy owners in, in previous years. I would never ask you to be too bold on Tutu Atwell, Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, see, I, I've been trying, and, and you know, hopefully for him, he figures it out. But uh, hopefully for the Rams, they wasted a second yeah. round pick on this guy anyway. Uh, touchy <laughs> he has subject an for me. Now. Yeah, he has an opportunity right now, so we'll see. I'll let you know how he's looking, but yeah, I'm not ready to go there. Okay. Well, Gilbert, you've said it all. Where can uh, people find all your stuff? Uh, yeah. So I'm, you know, yes, my job changed from covering the Chargers to the Rams, but you know, more job title, but still the same employer, Orange County Register, uh, Los Angeles Daily News, any newspaper under the Southern California uh, News Group umbrella. You will see my bylines, my stories, my Ram stories. You know, I've been doing some in-depth, in-depth stuff, some some newsy stuff, uh, camp insights. So. Uh, follow my story or you want to you want for me to make it easier for you just follow me on twitter i link all my stories at g monsano 24 i'm also gonna you know hopefully have a rounds podcast soon so be on the lookout for that and uh and hopefully i could give more content for for the rounds followers well that's absolutely fantastic and uh i yeah i can't wait to subscribe to that and uh, yeah give him a follow and also uh gilbert you you make the rounds on the on the radio so keep an ear out Keep an eye out. Uh, you know, you're on V-CIN sometimes, uh, which I love V-CIN. So keep an eye out for Gilbert. He's a man about town. All right, Gilbert, thank you so much once again, and uh, have a great season. Thank you, Dave. Always fun, and hopefully next year we can do it again. Alan Robinson, hit the draft button. You are now dialed in. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.